Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Hi, welcome to Remote Controlled, Variety's TV podcast. I'm Deborah Birnbaum. Every week, we'll bring you conversations with some of the best and brightest in television, working behind and in front of the camera. On this week's episode, I'm talking with the one and only Henry Winkler about his role in HBO's hit comedy, Barry. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Deborah Birnbaum, and it's my pleasure to welcome Henry Winkler. And I'm Henry Winkler. I'm really happy to sit across the, from the microphone from you. Oh, thank you. You're too kind. So I just have to tell you what a huge fan I am of Barry. It thank is you. a tremendous show. Are you having fun making well, Did you have fun making it? The, I, you know what? I, I have to say, I've been in a lot of different shows. I am very fortunate. It's indescribable. Uh, there are two shows going on. There is the class, uh, the, you know, the acting class, mm-hmm. and the shoot 'em up And how did they, these two guys, Alec Berg and Bill Hader, how did they take two separate shows, make them one, in 29 minutes. It's genius. I am amazed, and I've heard them speak. I, I've been on panels with them. They are my friends. I still do not know how they had this vision. And how did you get involved? When did you come on board the project? I was on Ventura Boulevard in my car with my wife, having left my business manager's office, uh, talking about wills. I get a call, Bill Hader, I don't know him. No, no, he wants to meet you. He wants to meet me. Yes, you're on a short list. I said, is Dustin Hoffman on that list? <laughs> because if Dustin Hoffman is on that list, I'm not going in because he's going to get it because he's a, like an award-winning movie star. They said, no, he's not on the list. I said, okay, mm-hmm. send me the script. I got the script, printed it out. My son, Max, our youngest son, is a director or producer. He uh, directed me in the scenes. Mm-hmm. I went in. I read for Bill. Was called back. Read for Alec Berg. And I heard a lot of things about Alec. Doesn't give anything away. Mm-hmm. You know, he's Norwegian. He's tough. Oh, my God. Tough to read. Then I found out he's Swedish. <laughs> But anyway, I'm thinking all this time he's Norwegian, so I'm just going to keep him Norwegian. I don't care. I made him smile. You did. I did. How did you do that miracle trick? I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but I just thank God that I did. But then there is that wait. From the time you leave the office until you get the call, I thought my name had fallen off the list It seemed like a millennium had gone by. How long was it? It was weeks. I'm shocked. And weeks. And some more weeks. 
And then I got the call from Bill. He said, would you like to be in the show? And I shot out of my shoes. Did you ever ask them what took them so long? No, I didn't. But when I feel more comfortable, like in the third season, <laughs> I'm going to say, what the hell took you so long? Clearly. Really? Just... Don't you know what it feels like? I'm sitting at home and I'm, t- I'm losing weight. I'm not eating. I've got no appetite. I hope they feel very guilty listening to this podcast. Uh, you know what? It deserves them right. It, it, it's... What was your reaction when you first started reading the script and saw this character? What did you think of him? When I first read the script, I knew that this is something very special. Now, you read scripts. Now, remember, I've been doing this an awfully long time, maybe 43 years, but I'm not sure because I'm not counting. No one's counting. You read pilot scripts and guest stars that you've been off in scripts and... Very rarely, I mean, in a rarefied air place, do you come across a script like this. And I thought, okay, this is a really good start. And I know, I think I can play this character. I I think I could be a teacher, but this guy is, like, mean. <laughs> Maybe even a little, you know, sadistic a little. Mm-hmm. He's got a dark side. He's got a dark side. But he does care mm-hmm. about his students' ability to pay on time and in cash. <laughs> and I'm telling you, those are the only requirements uh, in for my class. <laughs> How did you even get into character? How did you get into his mindset? Do you know, I, I'm not sure how what my process is as an actor i am completely instinctual do you know there's a whole thing in you learn in drama school where the script is on the right hand page you know all of the what's written and then on the left hand page is the the back side of the 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 page before and you use that it's called the left hand page and you write out what you think the character is thinking, where they came from, who do they know that, what do they know about. Uh, You write out the history on each page. And I don't do that. I, I listen to my tummy. I listen to my stomach. Because I, I really believe that your, your stomach, your instinct knows more than your head does. You know, for anybody sure. and in any moment. Mm-hmm. And then I just start, and Bill was the director of the pilot and did the, the second episode, and you shape it together, you know? And then if you have a really good ensemble around you, and then it, the rest's like butter. It cuts like butter. <laughs> How did you find the right tone for him? I mean, he he's such a unique character. Did you draw on experiences you had? I know him. I know teachers like him. I've had teachers like him. I've heard about teachers like him. And then I just went for the gold. And when you're working, you know, and you and as I said, if you have a great acting partner, 
You know, there's a there's that thing they do um, in the classroom where they put their hands up and they follow each other's hands. That is called the mirror exercise. And a lot of times, they you do it with your eyes closed and you follow each other just on vibration. Mm-hmm. And you can tell whether or not you have a generous partner. Everybody in my acting class, everybody that I am in contact with, Paula Newsom, everybody, open like a treasure chest. And then that feeds you. And then you listen. And Bill would say to me, if he didn't say it once, he said it 200 times, Henry, do you think you could just do it once the way I wrote it so I could hear what it sounds like? Bill, I'm trying. I'm trying. This dibbuck inside me is pushing these other words out. I don't know what out. <laughs> so was any of it improv at all? Or was it all scripted? No, 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 a lot of it. Great. And then some of it was used and some of it wasn't. But here's what I've learned also over the years, that you can improv and you think you're funnier than and you think you've got a better idea than. And when it's well-written, like Barry is, you go back to the text and the text is always better than your imagination. But uh, I told um, Alec and Bill about uh, Stella Adler and a, and a, uh, um, an exercise I had freshman year at the Yale Drama School. And I got up to do the exercise, and Stella Adler said, sit down and shut up. I said, but I haven't even... She said, you see nothing. And I told them this story. Mm -hmm. And out of that came the walking down the aisle in the supermarket. What do you see? And uh, then the hands out of your pockets... Uh, I just saw his hands in his pockets. You can't act with your hands in your pockets. You can't act chewing gum. You can't act slouching. And so I just used everything I wrote down in my notebook. I know you had, I'd read that you'd had all the scripts before you started, but yes. were you able to elaborate on anything else or find out anything else? Did it help you knowing where the story was going when you started? You know what? When when you're creating a character, you read what they wrote about you. They read you read what people say about you. You read the way you react to other people, and, and then you watch the effect of what you have said to that person. So you put that all together. I'll tell you the worst part. We read all eight scripts together around this big table at Sony, and then we started shooting. And I never saw half the casting. <laughs> so we became friends, and I and I really enjoyed these people. Mm-hmm. And it, at nine months later, I saw Stephen Root. <laughs> oh, no. So that was that was a. I was really sad. It never dawned on me that, of course, they're in a whole other genre in this same piece. Right, they're in their own show. Oh my God, they're having their own storyline. Really. And the, the one that crossed over was Barry mm-hmm. and the detective. You know, they were the bridge from story to story, from one side of Barry to the other. How did you keep a straight face during filming this? I mean, how did Not you... Not easy. <laughs> so some of it is concentration. Some of it you learn mm-hmm. to, to not break 
because it's you know you want to stay. Excuse me, you want to stay in, um, in the moment. But Bill Hader is a very funny human being. I've noticed. <laughs> My class, those kids, you don't see a lot of. Every one of them is a home run hitter. Mm-hmm. Right. The Anglo-African actress uh, Kirby is on Killing Eve. Killing it on Killing Eve. Fantastic. Okay. Uh, uh, Alejandro was in The Menendez Brothers. Uh, Daryl was in Three Billboards. Darcy Carden. Darcy Carden. Oh, my God. Darcy is my assistant. Mm -hmm. And we would have these improvs that would just... We would make up because she was my assistant. There was nothing written. And the only thing I asked for the second season, I said, the only thing I, you will write what you write, but if we could, could you write a little more with um, uh, Darcy? That's great. Exactly, Darcy. Darcy, killing it on The Good Place. Killing it. It's a tremendous ensemble. And they get... No, almost nothing to do because there's so much to serve and every one of them is divine. And then you have, you know, Sarah Goldberg. Out of nowhere comes this vision. Was the chemistry between all of you instantaneous or did you build it over time? Instantaneous. Because I want to tell you something. Here's the truth. You, there is no working on chemistry. You don't like talk about having like we have chemistry it's either there god pointed his finger down and touched the cast or it's not and you can maybe try and act it you can maybe pretend somebody is being the way they're supposed to be in order for you to do what you need to do but chemistry is is like out of the ether honest to god and you can't plan for it and when it happens, it is like a drug. When a scene happens, for me anyway, and that chemistry is, is like firing on all cylinders, like with Barry, like doing that scene, walking down the, the aisle of the, of the grocery store, take after take after take, and you just feel it, and it's flowing, and he's listening, and I'm listening to him. And it is, I'm telling you, it's like you're stoned. You get high as a kite. Honest to God, it is why I do what I do. It is joyful. And I think that's one of the reasons the show is a success. You can sense that. You can sense that this is a cast that gets along, that is enjoying themselves. Truly, there is no drama on that soundstage except for what's on the page. Alec and Bill are as calm and as open and as structured as you need them to be. They're, they're doing difficult work. I mean, it's a delicate balance striking that right tone. How did it feel for you to portray all of that? It is our job as an actor. It, that, I mean, maybe I will, um, uh, you know, m go crazy on the line. The tone of the piece, the actor's job is to respect it, 
and to create it and then bring you don't just fill time and space you fill time and space with your imagination and your passion and it, that's not easy because you always think oh god i want to be right i want to be perfect i want to do this i want to there is no right and there is no wrong there is your ability to wash that soundstage with your um, uh, energy, with your imagination. And if it's not right, you change it, you hear the director, you hear the creators. If that's not right, you go home. You say, I'm so sorry, this is not working. Mm -hmm. Is there anything good about Gene? Is there, does he have any pure motives? Do you know what I think? Gene is desperate. He wants so badly to be the emperor that he has created a space where he can be the emperor. But when he walks outside and he goes into the world, he's a plebeian. Mm. He is a groundling. He's the person who is standing in the crowd watching the stage. He doesn't have a seat in the theater. He tries out for a commercial. Now, if you lose a commercial to a gecko, <laughs> you should go home. <laughs> Poor Gene. Poor Gene. And then there's his love story, which has its own tragic ending. What's going to happen? How's Gene going to react to this? I can't tell you. <laughs> Do you First know? First of all, I don't know. <laughs> second of all, I think that is part of the second season. Mm -hmm. And third of all, I didn't see it coming. I will tell you. I don't know if I'm a... Well, you know, I'm just going to say it. I read the last script. Mm -hmm. And there are two muffled flashes of light in the distance. And I called Bill and I said, Bill, I, I had the most wonderful time. Am I not in the second season? <laughs> what did he say? He just started to laugh. <laughs> and then he wouldn't tell me. You know, he said, no, no, no. You're in the second season. <laughs> but he didn't tell me what happens. So you mentioned you wanted more scenes with Darcy for season two. Are there yes. other things on your list for season two? No, no, I, I literally, no, you know, um, no, I do another show uh, called uh, Better Late Than Never, mm -hmm. and we travel together, uh, you know, and I'm also, in the, I'm an executive producer on that show also. I never ask what we're going to do or where we're going to go as long as it's not Istanbul. Well, because I'm sure I would be kidnapped, but I don't. <laughs> always, yeah, that would be bad. The same thing. I was, I'm. I'm not going to Colombia, but hey, what do I know? Venezuela's out. Okay, so I um, never ask because look what they did with the first season. Maybe I should just shut up and wait. Really? <laughs> what am I going to add? But you've got experience. You've you've I been know. on a you've been on a few shows. 
you know what? You know when I when I use the experience, I have gone up to Bill in between a take, and I said, "May I make a suggestion? Mm-hmm. You did something in the first take, but you haven't done it in two and three. I would put it back in four. Mm-hmm. I would put it back in the fourth take, because it really um, gives you um, flavor. Uh, so I, I will use my experience in that mm-hmm. way. You know." Do you have a favorite moment from the first season? There are so many. They're not even mine. Um, I loved the cart scene. The, I loved the tell her you love her scene. And he doesn't get it. Mm. The commercial trying out for the part of the man in the back of the line. And then the line, I'm Gene Cousineau, self-managed. Oh, my God. <laughs> that struck me in my heart. <laughs> oh, sometimes. Oh, my God. The, the, oh, it's so sad. <laughs> it's so sad. It's so it's heartbreaking. So Stephen Root. Um, uh, uh, Anthony Corrigan. Oh, oh my, my God. God. <laughs> oh, my God. No ho Hank. No ho Hank. Oh, now we're getting into he says, she said. Oh, my Lord. Just the the economy. Glenn Fleischer, you know, mm-hmm. who is this extraordinary lawyer on billions, and then he plays this Chechen <laughs> Wait until you see him in in uh, in the last episode. I've seen the last episode. Oh, you have. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> Just... Is this going to air after? It will air okay, after. So, how about this then? Sure. In episode seven, mm-hmm. Barry kills his friend who has a family mm-hmm. because. That friend might stop him from living this new life. And you are appalled. Shocked and appalled. In the last episode, he saves Fuchs. Last night I saw it with a, a group of, um, uh, of uh, an entire audience at the um, television academy. Mm. They applauded him. He was a hero. <laughs> What does that say about us? I don't know. But it I'm telling you now, I hadn't seen it before. Mm-hmm. I hadn't seen all the episodes. Some of the actors have. Oh, you haven't seen them no, yet? No, I didn't see them. Last night was the first time I saw, or, you know, it was the mm-hmm. first time I saw uh, episode seven, uh, episode eight. So have you seen the finale? No, I have. Oh, okay. Last night. So on one episode, he kills his best friend mm-hmm. uh, who's got children and a wife. And you are appalled. And the very next episode, he saves Fuchs, and he is a hero. Now, come on. How did the boys do that? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. That's some skill. That's some skill. Why do you think audiences have responded so much to it? Is it the writing? And obviously your performance. No, no, no. Not just me. Everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody. Everybody. The, the, the beach is made up of one grain of sand. And everybody, I'm telling you, is making that 
pink sand beach in Bermuda. What does it mean to you to have found a role like this at this point in your career? Okay. Uh, That could make me weep. I dreamt at 27. I knew what kind of actor I wanted to be. I played the Fonz, and I changed my voice. I'm talking like this. It unlocked my imagination. Mm -hmm. And then, since then, I have gone up and down and up and down. I've done so many different phases of the business, so many different jobs. Mm -hmm. I've been on great shows, and then I'm on Barry. And the reaction to Barry, the reaction to my character, Mr. Cousineau, It's like a whole other kettle of fish. Mm -hmm. At 27, I thought about who I wanted to be as an actor and worked my way there. I am now 72. I flipped the numbers, and I am closer now to where I wanted to be at 27. Wow. At 27... I planted my career in my mind like a sapling. And then I'm the forest ranger. And I wanted to make sure that that sapling grew straight and strong and that for 75 years I would not be a flash in the pan. How did you accomplish that? Will. Luck. Relaxation. I I don't know. I don't know myself. All I know is I am one grateful motherfucker. (laughs) And I am so serious. Mm I am overwhelmed. I love my job. And look what I get to do. Mm -hmm. And then in 1982... We sold MacGyver, and it's back. And it was picked up for a third season. Congratulations. Oh, my God. I, 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 I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. What does it mean to you to be being a, produ- a producer now, creating shows? Are there more that you want to do? I want to be an actor... I want to be a good actor, an effective actor, until I cannot anymore. Until I can't do it anymore. That's what I want. I I have like uh, three or four things on my uh, bucket list. I want my grandchildren to uh, have a life where they meet their potential and they are healthy and happy. I want to win... A Tony. I want to sing like Sia or Bruce Springsteen. I think that's it. <laughs> I thought there were going to be four. I was waiting for number four. No. Well, I'd like to. Um, uh, I, I'd like to uh, um, to be on the river mm-hmm. and catch um, some more uh, trout. Sounds lovely. And put them back. 
Yeah. I, I sign, I've had pictures of me uh, laminated, mm-hmm. and I sign them, and I put them in the trout's mouth as I say thank you. And put, I am, <laughs> I'm in a nest in many rivers uh, in the 12 western states. <laughs> I'm hanging somewhere in a brown trout's nest. If you find one, let us know. Yeah. If it floats to the surface, send it back. I can't let you go without asking you about arrested development. Yes. It's coming back? Yes, it is. Now, here's the great thing. Mm -hmm. Season four, I did uh, scenes with light stands. Light stands. I had a light stand here and a light stand here. This is Jessica Walters, and it's a piece of tape. (laughs) And I'm, I'm literally doing scenes with that. How were they at emoting? They, you know what? They were very skinny. <laughs> I don't know what their diet was, but they really slimmed down. <laughs> and then there's season five when everybody was in the room at the same time. Amazing. That was amazing. You know? Because it just is. And it just is. It's it's funny and... um you know, th- that Mitch Hurwitz understands what he's doing in, in these three dimensions that he writes in. But here we are, you know, at the end of May. It's coming back on the air. Give me one word to describe it. Funny confusion. Perfect. Hysterical confusion. I listen to what they're saying. I did another show called a Children's Hospital for seven years. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand one joke. <laughs> I, did, I, I was doing press, and I said, oh, it, uh, Children's Hospital, that's a, a, a wacky comedy. I'm in a wacky show. <laughs> and I was taken into a corner, and I, it, they whispered in my ear, you cannot say wacky. You cannot say wacky? No. You have to say meta. You're uh-huh. in a meta comedy. I didn't understand what that meant either. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I I don't know. Maybe I'm slow. No. I had these funny, funny people. You know, great cast again. Didn't I? Didn't know what they were talking about. I just said my lines and laughed and uh, watched Megan Mullally and forgot my line because she was so funny. I didn't know what I was doing. And. How would you describe Barry, given all of that? Barry is um, Bill Hader and uh, Alec Berg's masterwork. It is no joke. It, it is like, it is no joke. It's not, it's not hyperbole either. I can sit here. I can describe it. I can be flowery in my language. You watch it. You'll see I'm telling the truth. And it's not wacky. It's not <laughs> wacky. But it's they whack a lot of people. I'll tell you. <laughs> Couldn't resist setting you up for that one. No, but they do slap the audience around. Yes, they do. Right? They do. I mean, I'm sitting in my bed. I know. I was there. I'm sitting with Stacy. We're watching it, and it's like they reach out and go, <laughs> hit me right in the mouth. It uh, it is their masterwork. It is it is a piece of wonderfulness of brilliance I, I don't mean to oversell it but then of course last night when we uh, we did a um, uh, a talk back 
to uh, this gigantic audience mm-hmm. at the Television Academy, and John Mulaney was the host. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard his, there's a horse in the hospital? Did you ever hear that? Yeah, no. Look it up on YouTube. Okay, I'm going to watch it. There's a horse in the hospital. Trump is in the White House. Wow. (laughs) Sounds like it was quite a nice. They've built a gazebo. They're fighting the Civil War, and somebody said, let's build a structure. You can sit outside and inside at the same time. And they're shooting at each other. (laughs) Yeah. It's good to see you so happy. Thank you. I am happy. I am a happy guy. Well, congratulations on the show. This has truly been a pleasure. Thank you. Me too. Thanks for listening to this week's show. We'll be back next time with another great episode. We'll be talking with the stars of Jesus Christ Superstar, John Legend, Sarah Bareilles, and Brandon Victor Dixon. See you next time. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.